Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Jenks Podcast. Today, we're going to be breaking down a top eight. Offensive tackles in this year's NFL draft. You guys can be watching this on Tuesday, so it is combine week from Thursday to Sunday. Uh, all the position groups are going to be testing, exciting stuff. You know, a lot of news comes out at the combine. All the GMs get together, coaches. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what a lot of these prospects uh, are going to do, their times, how they're going to look on the field. This is the first time we're getting to really see that. Um, excited and of course next episode on Tuesday you know we'll be breaking that all down for you guys uh along with I believe pass rushers defensive ends outside backers is next week but today we got tackles the big uglies and keep in mind again we did the big boys fr- uh first because you know we know the combine is coming up so you know do the skill guys after where the combine kind of matters more than these big boys so we kept that in mind but we got a good one for you guys today. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. <laughs> Bringing you the latest NFL news and insights from the perspectives of two diehard fans. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some football talk with Jenks and the Hammer. And here we go, here we go. All right, getting right into our honorable mentions for the offensive tackle. So there were a couple of guys that we kind of left off this list, and the two are going to be Kingsley Sumatia from BYU. He's a freak athlete. That's the one note that everyone has of the guy. He's actually a huge guy. He's 329, but in his freshman, 329 pounds, 6'4. But his freshman year, he hit 21 and a half miles an hour at 318 pounds just a year ago, his freshman year. So the guy's a freak athlete. He has great burst and speed, but he has inconsistent pad level, and he just needs to polish a few things for him to be considered one of these top eight guys. And right now, I think he's going to be a, t- a round two or three guy. At the moment, so he's not again not one of these top eight. Next, the second honorable mention is going to be Patrick Paul, a guy that a lot of people are considering in, within the top eight. But he's six seven, three hundred thirty three pounds, and the thing is with him, he has great size, everything like that. But sometimes that great size is a burden with him, and he isn't he isn't fast enough to block faster, quicker guys off the edge. And in the NFL, we all know like that's what's the modern day NFL is. It's the edges that are super quick off the edge, just speed right by you. And a bigger guy like him that isn't quick on his feet yet, 
that's going to ha- haunt him in the NFL until he gets it fixed. So that's why I don't have him in the top eight. Yeah, he said he said top eight, top eight, you know, lineman, not top eight in the drafts. I just want to clarify that because you said that kind of quick. Oh yeah, sorry. sorry yeah. Sure you guys you know, know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, Anyways, number eight. Look at this this new this new picture we got. This nice little who's, font. Whose idea? Whose idea? Yeah, I know, I know, but I make it look pretty him, and that's what matters. Anyways, <laughs> number eight, number eight, we got Troy Faltanu out of Washington, a guy who a lot of people have around like seven, maybe six on their draft boards, but I think with him, he's going to be moved to guard in the NFL. It's a big possibility. That's why we have this guy and the next guy as well, a little bit lower on our draft boards. But this guy allowed two QB hits, two sacks his past season. He's 23 years old. He's he's off. He's very athletic off the line. You see when you watch him on film, he bursts off the line immediately and goes and finds his guy. He moves like a pickup truck and has a build of a box truck. That's that's one note I took. So like, that's something you look for in a guy like this. He's good drive once engaged with the blocker. And he's, he. I mean, he has the mentality, like you see it when he's blocking someone, or, or sorry, when he's not blocking someone, he's pass blocking and no one comes to him. And he sees a guy next to him coming at his his buddy over here on the right on his, at his guard. He, he knocks the guy out. He just kills the guy next to him. So I love that mentality of him. Um, the bad though, I think he's, although he's athletic and aggressive in, in his mindset and everything like that, well, run blocking, he seems to not really get his feet under him. And, it, and it's sometimes comes in and bites him in the butt. Um, when pass dropping as well, I notice his feet gets a little bit sloppy. So he, again, something in the NFL, like the feet and pass pro are very, very big thing to get nailed down. So that's why I just have him a couple notches down, number eight, as well as him possibly being moved to guard in the NFL. All right, number seven, we got Jordan Morgan. This guy, I've seen him all mocked a lot to the Packers uh, late in the first round, early day two, and I kind of feel like that is his range. Um, he's very versatile, which makes him a really attractive prospect. Could play tackle guard, um, athleticism, really good off the charts, uh, really good change of direction and recovery. Uh, he gets better every single year. Every single year at college, he, he just became a better player uh kind of perfecting his craft. He's got great pad level and a kind of a downside of him, which kind of makes him versatile and it is his short, short arms. Uh, he's kind of more of like, I think a lot of teams see him as a guard, but can play tackle, even though he played tackle in college. So, you know, he's versatile in that sense. Um, medical history is kind of a bad thing. He tore, tore his ACL in uh, 2022. And then I, you know, I think he can prove again. I think he could improve with his techniques. Sometimes he fits kind of wrong, and I think he takes too many false steps too. I think he takes too many extra steps that are just unnecessary that he doesn't need to take. That kind of slows him down. But yeah, we got him at number seven. Yeah, and and one thing you talk about there is the hands, and I think throughout this. And arm length, sorry. And, and as we go through that list, like these guys, seven, eight, as well as false steps, seven, eight, like the, the arm length as, and mixed with those fundamentals and footwork and things like that getting kind of mixed up. That's why these top like four guys, I want to say, are the guys that you know are like the solid, solid guys. You could plug and play at tackle. Other guys, they're good at tackle in college, but you don't know if they're going to be great at tackle in the NFL. So I think that's yeah. a very important thing to know as well. Yeah, tackle's that position that, you know, you- Everyone, you know, everyone translates kind of differently. Like that's a really tough position to play in the NFL when you got, you know, TJ Watt and Nick Bosa outside. You know, it's just you got speed, you got power. It's just way different than a college game. That's why it's w- way more easier for a guard 
to, you know, come over to the NFL than a tackle. A lot of tackles, if you don't have that athleticism and if the feet aren't good and you don't have that arm length, there's a good chance you're going to get moved to guard. And Jordan Morgan is, is a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, a, it's something important to know, so I'm glad you brought that up. Next, at number six, we got my guy from Oklahoma. For those who don't know, I'm an OKC. I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan and Oklahoma Sooner fan. So Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, he's 6'7", 328. Uh, he had zero sacks allowed this past season uh, and only three QB hits, which isn't insane. Um, I think that the biggest things that are important with him are his size and athleticism. You know, 6'7", 328 is peak. It's, it's like that prime NFL tackle range. I mean, he's ridiculously athletic. He has great size, his height, um, and he's able to use his feet and, and his speed to his advantage. He's quick for his size, which is something that's very important to know. Like you see it in the senior bowl, you watch his film. He's very quick. The guys are speed rushing and he's able to get his feet under him, get there. And if they try to come back, he's still re he switches his hands and gets right back into it. So I think that's one thing really important with him is great leverage, uh, his aggressiveness when he's run blocking, things like that. And he's able to get to his assignment and make the play. That being said, when he's going to his, the second level, sometimes you'll see him be slightly laid off the ball and the running back will beat him to his, to his assignment. So the running back will get past him. He, he won't be able to get the block off. Which in the NFL, if you're not quick enough, that's that's going to hurt you. So, so I'm having him a little bit lower on this list at six, as well as his height. His height being six seven, you know, it's tougher for guys that, that are that size that are younger in the in college and everything like that to focus on their pad level. That's something that I've really that we've harped on as well for these kind of guys is staying balanced, staying low, and so you don't get pushed over by these bull rushers in the NFL. So I think that's something he needs to improve. And I think his experience is something that to note as well. He transferred from TCU to Oklahoma this past season. He, he wasn't a starter for all of his career in college. So that's something to note before all these scouts in the NFL as well. So I love his senior bowl film. And I think he's going to end up being a pick from the late first round to uh, middle of the second round. I think that's where he goes. Yeah, I think these next two guys at six and five, I think we can alternate them. I don't know. I kind of like this guy from Oklahoma better than my guy next. But at number five, we got – Oof, wrong way. My bad. Where's he at? No? Hey, we'll just keep going. I'm adding him in. Amorous from Georgia. He's standing at 6'7", 340 pounds. Big dude. The problem with him, though, and I don't have a lot of notes on him, is he didn't play a lot of football. He didn't get a lot of starts. He doesn't have a lot of experience. He played two, three games his freshman year. Uh, coming into his sophomore year this year, he – Played a little bit, and then he got an ankle injury pretty early, and that kind of stopped him uh, from playing the rest of the year. Uh, the good is, you know, of course, the frame. The footwork's pretty good. He's got lateral quickness. Athlete is a, he's a good athlete, uh, good wingspan, and he's definitely better pass protection than he is a run blocker. Uh, his concerns, right, durability. Um, you know, banged up this past year. And like I said, experience, that just doesn't help. You know, he, he doesn't have a lot of experience playing college football. And now he's going to make this big jump to the NFL. That could be tough. And along with that, you know, I think he's got to focus on his technique. He's really got to, you know, build up his foundations. But, however, uh, I think this guy, because of his athleticism, size, uh, coming from Georgia, I think he could be a day one pick, you know, if he has a good combine. Uh, good pro day. I think it could be a day two pick. If not, it's definitely an early second round pick. Yeah, I like it. And, and you see the guy in this picture here, for those who are watching, the guy's huge. The guy's a monster. 
And I think the most important thing all coaches throughout football will say, we've played since we were youngins. We were yay high. Now we're through and retired from football. You know, we hung up the cleats. But coaches will always say the best available or the best ability is availability. So for a guy like this to come in, getting hurt a lot, that's something to concern NFL scouts. But I still think his talent and everything you said before are something that will get him high up on the draft boards. Number four, we got J.C. Latham from Alabama, 6'6", 360 pounds. This dude, <laughs> this dude's a monster in the run game. Like, he's a mauler. Um, I think the thing that jumps out is his size, 6'6", 360 pounds. He is a big, big boy. I mean, he looks like a D-tackle, um, and he's playing tackle. Uh, pretty crazy for the offensive side. Um, and the thing that stands out, too, is his quickness. He's got, he's got pretty quick uh, feet uh, for a guy this size, good hand power, good awareness, could pick up stunts, twist, uh, and then of course the strength. Right? I mean, you could see him see by the size, but I think he's the strongest tackle in this class. Uh, the bad, he can get beat by finesse rushers, you know, by the speed rushers, and those guys can uh, sometimes you know leave him off balance because of his size. So, you know. I think I've heard a lot of people say that his size is okay and good and he can play tackle at the next level. With this size he has right now, that's going to be interesting to see. We'll see how that works. Uh, I'm interested to see what he weighs in at the combine, see if he drops weight. Who knows? And then some other bad si- bad things. I think he'd be grabby at times. Can, he's ha- He had a lot of penalties in college and – yeah, uh, all all around though, I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to get drafted in the middle of the first round. I think the Saints are a, g- a good fit. I've seen him mock to the Saints a lot, so yeah, I like him a lot. Monster in the run game, he's definitely going to play tackle. I'm really interested to see what he weighs weighs at at the combine, and uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's like you said, these top four guys. These are kind of the guys that 100 percent are playing t- tackle in the NFL. Like this is these are the guys that you go into every draft class and there's always those top, top tackle guys that are from picks one through 20 that are always going to be the high tackles in the draft class. So glad you noted that. And I think the Saints, JC Latham's there. Um, if the next three aren't there, obviously, I think they have a good shot at taking them. So I like that you brought up the Saints as well. Yeah. And like Jake said, you know, all these guys are top tier and I mean, this is a really good tackle class. I think there's a really good chance that we're seeing five, six, seven tackles go in the first round. I'm not surprised at all. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the edge class from last year. Like there was a ridiculous amount of edges coming into last year. Obviously, not as many have panned out as we expected going to through last season. But this is kind of like that similar thing where there's just a ridiculous amount of, of great talent. Yeah. Next at number three, you got Talisa Fuaga from Oregon State. A guy as well as Hammer just said for J.C. Latham, a guy that the Saints are getting mocked a lot. Like this is a guy that is prime for a prime pick for 14 for the Saints. He's 6'5", 332, allowed zero sacks this past season. He's only 21 years old. So the good, he's great speed off the line, very quick feet. Whenever he's engaged with a blocker, he keeps his feet moving. That's something I love. You see a lot of blockers, they they get engaged. Either it's a bull rush or second second level, they're run blocking. They'll stop their feet. I love that about Talisa. He keeps his feet moving. So if a guy on the pass pro, say he's getting pushed back and he switches back inside, he's able to keep his feet moving, readjust and attack him. And I love that about him. I love his tenacity, his run blocker. He goes and gets the guy and he's angry and happy to do it. You see him here. 
He's celebrating an end zone, probably just bull rush someone. And, and, or not bullish, but pancake someone. And, and I love that about him. And his great foundation and his great size as a pass protector. The bad, I talked about his feet and his speed, and sometimes these can be a burden for him. The guy can sometimes over-pursue or over-commit and he'll whiff on a block or he'll lose his balance on a block. And that's something that, you know, I feel like we could say a lot for a lot of these guys. But for Talisa, I think it's something that is such a minor thing. It's, it's very minor that he does it. It's not a common occurrence with him. But if the NFL group that he goes to the nfl team has a good offensive lineman coach a good group around him i think they can fix that really easily and this guy can get going right away so the biggest note i had for the guy is that he could easily be offensive tackle one in a different draft class say this is a couple years ago or a year ago whatever or a couple drafts in the future where there's lower offensive tackles it's a less stacked class this guy could easily be considered an offensive tackle one in a different draft class and so i think he's gonna be a high pick top 15 i believe that's where he goes and my comparison is Tristan Wirfs. Um, he's a similar play style to the guy. And as a Saints fan, I get to see Tristan Wirfs play two times a year. And if this guy comes to the Saints, I'd be I'd be ecstatic. Nothing nothing short of ecstatic. So number two, this might surprise some people, but we got Joe Waltz. Now he's looked at as kind of the clear number one tackle. Uh, me and Jenks through scouting kind of determined he's our number two. Um, Joe Waltz from Notre Dame, uh, standing at 6'8", 315 pounds. This guy's athletic. He played quarterback, tight end, basketball in high school. He was recruited to play tight end at Notre Dame. And, you know, that's going tell to you, tell you something about his athleticism. He could run like a tight end. And, you know, he's 6'8", but he's 315. That's like, I don't know, a little, little skinny compared to some of these other guys at that size. Um... You know, of course, right, the athleticism, the size, the footwork's really good. Um, awareness is awesome. Picks up a lot of stuff. Pass blocking is just definitely a strong suit. Better pass blocker than he is a run blocker. Uh, wins at the point of attack a lot. Um, you know, can improve as a run blocker. He doesn't really have that mauling mentality, which I don't really like because I feel like if you be considered that top guy, you just kind of be a complete animal and everything, kind of like another Notre Dame offensive lineman was Quentin Nelson. You know, he's a mauler. He's just going to run his feet, put you, put you into the ground, and let you hear about it after. Uh, other things that he can improve upon is sometimes in pass protection, he lunges at times uh, and, you know, run blocking as well. Uh, his anchor, he gets moved off a spot spot a lot. Uh, I think that's due to him being 315. So I'm kind of interested to see if he puts on weight. You know, I think I think he's got to be get. I think he's got to be a little stronger. Um, and another thing too, I just want to note, he's going to be 21 during his rookie season. So that just should tell you how young he kind of is compared to some of these other offensive line prospects. Uh, I would compare him to. I have two different comparisons for him. I think his athletic ability is like Lane Johnson, but he doesn't have that same, you know, mentality like a Lane Johnson. His build is like a Nate Solder. If you remember, he was the tackle for the Patriots. He signed a big contract with the Giants later in his career. Didn't work out, but he's got that same build, like 6'7", 6'8", uh, only 3'10", 3'20", like a little on the light side. He's going to be an early, you know, First round pick, top 10 pick, top eight pick. I think uh, I've seen him really kind of um, mocked to 
the Chargers at five and the Giants at six. So I think that's kind of two teams to keep an eye out for him. That's kind of his range. He's definitely going to be a top 10 pick. And yeah, I mean, he's really athletic. That's what you want from an offensive lineman. I just, I don't feel like he has that mentality. It just didn't really show up on film for me. So I'm interested to see what he does. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's like tough to say. I just, I feel like he could, could maybe be a bust, but we'll see. I mean, oh, was, hammer it, the accusations. I know, I know. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's really athletic, but man, this is a different type of league. So we'll see how he translates. If he goes to a team like the Giants, though, he's probably going to be a bust. If he goes to the Chargers or another team, you know, he'll end up doing pretty good. But, well coached, yeah. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. He's he's interesting though. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I just I'm a little iffy. I think he's, he's got to go to the yeah. right place. He's got to go to the right place. I respect it. Yeah, no, and even if like the the Patriots say screw it, or if they trade make a trade or something like that, and they get a quarterback elsewhere, and they go Joe All, like that's a good spot for him because they have a good lot. Like they they have the fun foundation for him to be good in that system over there in New England. So yeah, like you said, it's the right place that matters for. It. A guy like Joel. At number one, I, I know there's going to be people out there outraged. So why is Joel not number one? You know, we, we get it. We get it. But everyone scouts their own thing. Scouts their own things. Everyone has their own opinions. We have Olu Fashanu at number one. And the reason is this guy allowed one QB hit, zero pressures or zero, zero sacks. I mean, and he's 21 years old at this moment in time. He'll be 22 once the season starts. But like Hammer said, he's basically the same type of guy as Joel. Very good at pass pro. A little bit need, he needs to be fixed in the in the run game, but I think he has that that anger that Joe Alt doesn't have. I think he's able to kind of switch it on for a game, and he's going to come out and kill someone on the, on the field. So he's a great base. Seems to be able to anchor himself on bull rushes. That's something I loved watching on tape. Is when a guy bold bold rushed him, he didn't get moved. He didn't get moved. Maybe he got pushed back a step, but as soon as he got his feet under him, he stopped the guy in his tracks. Um, he's able to secure the blind side on almost all pass pro reps. I love his footwork. He's able to just move, constantly move his feet and get his feet under him. He's got very polished footwork, and I think that's a really big plus when it comes to the NFL because if it's more of like hands and things like that, that's something that the NFL can fix pretty quickly. Um, when he's able to actually get his hands inside in the second level, he's a really good run, run blocker. You see him. He gets outside on his hands. That's the bad that, bad that I'm bringing up with him. It's really his hands. Uh, it's fine. He just needs to fine-tune that run blocking a little bit, fine-tune his, fine his point of attack in his hands in the second level, and if he's able to do those two things, I think this guy is going to be a stud in the NFL for a long time. Um, my notes really were that this is the number one offense tackle in the draft class, 100%. I think as a combine goes by and as this draft process moves on, I think he'll move up draft boards to number one. And think I think so? For com- I think so. I think I, at the I end there's like, a shot. I feel like Joe Alt's like the doll darling. Like he's like – He could be. He could like be. he's but- just too – I don't know. I think he's already got that spot. Even though I think So you're saying it's like it's like kinda like Caleb Williams, a quarterback. Where like he's just there's no one no one's even giving anyone else a second. No, not not even like that. I think Caleb Williams I think I think Caleb Caleb Williams could like not move down, but I think talks like with other quarterbacks like Drake May could heat up and the Bears could be looking both into him. I just think I don't know some of the off-field stuff with Williams, but that's that's for another video. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But you know, yeah, I, so I don't, everyone I don't know. That. It seems like Joe Alt's like the big-time favorite, and I yeah, respect it. I respect we'll it. But I do think that Olu could move up draft boards. 
I got him as a top ten pick at most. If he falls totally, to totally. if he falls to fourteen, the Saints are picking him. Like there's no well, way you're letting him slip past him. He's not slipping that far. I'll tell you, there's no way this dude's getting past ten. He's not getting past the Jets. He's yeah, not. The, no the guy's a dog. The guy's a dog. I, I love the guy. I, I was watching this film and I was like, holy crap, this guy's a beast. And and my comparison for him was Laramie Tunsil in Pass Pro. Um, I didn't say I didn't say he was Laramie Tunsil in the run blocking because Laramie Tunsil was a little bit more polished in run blocking coming out of college, in my opinion. But I think this guy has what it takes to be a guy like Laramie Tunsil in the NFL and be one of the top tackles in the league. Totally. So that's going to do it for this episode. Top eight offensive tackles. Hope you guys enjoyed. Please comment down below who we got right, who we got wrong. Who do who do you want your favorite team to draft? Um, this is exciting. Good good week to be a football fan. Combine, enjoy it. A lot of news is going to come out. We're going to see how these guys run, how they test. Um, we're going to be breaking it down for you guys next Tuesday, and of course this Thursday. Uh, you know we're going to have. You guys will be watching on Friday. News for this week. Um, but, yeah, just uh, thanks for the support. And, yeah. uh, Jenks, closing thoughts? Yeah, real quick, I just want to say thanks, everyone. Uh, we're at – let me just double-check what we're at right now. I mean, I, w- I really wasn't expecting it. Cameron and I were saying for last week's video, for interior offensive linemen, we were ex- hoping for 50 views. 50 views is what we were expecting. And we just hit 206. So thank you to everyone for watching on that video. And like we said, likes and comments and any interaction, commenting down below, we'll always make sure we respond to you guys. And it helps a lot for both the pushing it out further to other people, as well as just connecting with you guys every single day. So we look forward to that. Um, So we hope this one does as well. But thanks again for all the comments and all the support. Yeah, this is important to us. We love this type of season, you know, scouting guys. Uh, getting ready for the draft, which is a holiday for us. We love it. We enjoy it. It's important to us. So, you know, just have that in mind too. You know, hopefully it's important to you too. We care about it. So, um, you know, makes it more valuable. But with that being said, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at JenksTheraPod. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube at Podcast. If you watch on YouTube, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Sorry if today was a little you know, energy, or maybe we were messing up too much because we are recording at 1130 at night. Hammer's a little tired. He's going to get up early, but we appreciate you guys watching and we'll see you next episode. Yeah. See you guys. So for those that don't know, Hammer sleeps by like 11 o'clock. Yeah. For me, this is it. For me I'm a night owl. I'm here. I'm up until two, two or 3 a.m. Yeah. Two, so. three. I know from the college days, he's up late. So yeah. <laughs> we, we would be, we'd be sitting there, me and Joe and I are, Joe, Joe was our other roommate. We'd be sitting there. We'd try to scare John because John was always scared shitless in bed because we would always well, freak No, I was always in bed out. first, and they would just try to sneak up on me and stuff. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, little kid games, whatever. Yeah, so anyways, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. Remember to leave a review and follow all of our social media pages at Jenks Hammer Pod for more content. Until next time, who that and go pack go. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.